This is JFM Podcast. Exactly 20 years today, where the relative peace that our Plateau State had always enjoyed between communities that had lived for about 100 years or more within peaceful coexistence, I was upturned on whatever sentiment want to be played out religious, political, and 20 years down the line, you could still feel the scar of that unfaithful day at the seventh day of September, year 2001. Hey, you can ask me, I wasn't even on the Plateau there, but if you know how much Plateau State had meant to every sector, every area in this country that you know that. Even before I got to this town, I've known so much about this state. As you go to Congo, Russia, you go to every single corner in this state, you could still feel the scar of that day. But guess what? I we're here today, that 20 years after, we're asking our fundamental questions. How much healings are taking place? How much, uh, you know, justice had actually been served uh, to the ones that fell victims and, of course, to the ones uh, that perpetrated such a uh, disastrous evil. I mean, you look at the numbers, over 2,000 people were reportedly killed within the space of a few days, with properties running into billions of naira destroyed. Let's ask ourselves these fundamental questions. How prepared are we? Uh, if eventually we don't pray it happens, uh, it repeats itself again. Because if you look at what had happened on the plant in the last few weeks, uh, maybe, let's put it down, uh, from 14th of August, uh, the unfortunate clean at Rukuba Road, uh, the one at uh, Yeloazan Gam at the Anaguta village and so many other things. Then we ask ourselves, if you were not alive 20 years ago, then you need to go back, read history, and check where Plateau State used to be and where the state is right now. I won't be doing this conversation by myself. What do I know about Plateau? And I, like I said, I've got two uh, eminent personalities joining me in the studio. Uh, the first is making his debut on the station. I, I mean, I wonder why. We're five years already as a station and it's been so hard to track down. And of course, I have one that is a friend of the house, a voice that you will get to hear over and over again on the platform in the next coming years. And to do justice to this conversation this morning, by the way, you can actually join us live at www.gfm.live. You stream straight and direct from the studio. The topic this morning is this. Uh, the just 2001 crisis, 20 years after, how much healing have actually taken place? I have women in the studio uh, this morning to start this conversation. Honorable Manfred Guasin, uh, the transition committee chairman of Rium local government thank you very much for joining us this morning good morning good morning people of plateau states and good morning to all our listeners okay he's the one that is making his debut on the on the station <laughs> <laughs> thank well. you once again and of course i have the, the convener of the alex ladan foundation the one time uh, gubernatorial aspirant on the plateau on the platform of the aan party mr alex ladan thank you for joining us on the show today always oh, a pleasure to be here good morning plateau Okay, let's go straight up into it. Um, let me start from uh, Mr. Alex Ladan. Uh, a couple of weeks back, you had a 
symposium uh, where he cut across political board despite the fact that it was on the platform of a political party i was there and i saw how much plateau people want this state to go forward take us back 20 years memory lane don't open french wounds uh, just let's talk about how all of that evolved and how it made you as a person and as an indigenous of plateau states well um uh, it will always be very very difficult to you know go down memory lane without uh, having to just scratch old uh, wounds simply because um, as it were we are people that are still trying to to heal from you know uh, the very unfortunate uh, uh, incidences of the past um, plateau as you know uh, in your introduction you talked about you know the state of the plateau one state in this nation where everybody was was just uh, looking for for a pinch of it everybody wanted to call it home um we have uh, been able to provide a platform that is very welcoming a platform that permits you to express yourself irrespective of your religion your tribe uh and your ethnic affili affiliations you know um it's it's been one state that you can go to and feel at home and i think um it is something that um is worth preserving but unfortunately, since uh, 2001, the story has been very different. Um, the very unfortunate incident uh, that occurred sometime in September of 20, I mean 2001, left us, you know, with this very massive scar that we are still, we're still, you know, try, trying to to to, uh, to to overcome. Uh, but this tells a lot. It tells that um, the one's pristine state the one's very viable platform for people to express themselves, the one state that you could just go to, leave, raise your family, you know, and be sure that everything's going to be okay is, 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 has been under attack since then. Uh, and, and so um, time, I mean, it, it will be very hurtful for us to begin to unveil you know the things that that um, uh, some of the things that we all went through you know uh, one way or the other uh, we have been affected and i can tell you that um, uh, what we tried to do at the symposium was to just basically uh, it's just still the ongoing effort you know since it's it's not well it predates even 2001 but then the point is that 2001 is a major part of our history uh, and so for us we felt it is time to begin to reach out to people you know, to deal with the issues of the past, including 2001. And um, uh, you were there, you saw the willingness, you saw the, uh, the desire for people to get it right, you saw the discontentments, um, you saw uh, the willingness of the people to, to rewrite, you know, the story, uh, including 2001. So by and large, um, it's a quest uh, and we will not stop. We will continue to, to do the best that we can until we see that Plateau State is up on its feet again. And we have been making you know, declarations that we still remain this, the home of peace and tourism in spite of all that is happening. And, and I think no, no, nobody will better tell this story than the Plateau people themselves. Unfortunately, um, you know, the media, uh, I would say, uh, with due respect, has not been very, very helpful, especially those who are outside of this state. So you are out of the state, and what you hear is is just so, so, so unfortunate. Uh, but we are here. Uh, we know what we're going through. 
we will continue to tell our story. We will continue to declare that we still remain the home of peace. Okay. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Mr. Alex Ladan. That was a beautiful template to start this conversation with. Uh, let me come to Honorable Mafe Gwasin. Uh, when you were appointed the Katika Committee Chairman of Riom Local Government, uh, you were maybe the youngest local government chairman ever in the history of Nigeria, if I'm not mistaken. And you were well celebrated. A friend of mine in Ibadan actually brought that to my notes. Okay, I've seen this guy on your status and I'm like, yeah, I mean, I, I, and that was, that was a big step. But let me imagine how old you were 20 years ago when the crisis on the plateau happened. I take us through that story. A friend of mine, um, Andrew Randa, was talking to me this morning that he had to stay in someone's house for seven days and some of his family members actually thought he was dead. Talk to us about that particular day and how that incident had affected your personality growing up to now. All right, once again, good morning to Plateau people and every other person who is listening. Um, let me take this time first to commiserate with the people of Plateau uh, over the incidences that happened in the past 20 years. Uh, as you've agreed, uh, thousands of people have lost their lives. Uh, the livelihood of thousands of people had been affected. Um, uh, our settlement pattern today in Plateau State had been affected also. Uh, the economy of Plateau State uh, had been greatly affected in the past 20 years. Uh, you can't imagine the economic downturn, the problems and the issues that these must have caused a lot of people. I'm sure that if we go through history, you agree with me that a lot of people who had ended up giving up sooner than they thought, uh, a lot of people who had ended up having high blood pressure, a lot of people who uh, couldn't even afford as simple as an aspirin, you know, at times of need, uh, will tell you the stories of how this hardship, how this carnage and destruction had really affected their lives. Uh, of course, I've, I grew up in Joss, uh, and we were within the epic center uh, during the 2001 crisis. I grew up in Nasara Gom, uh, and we knew what has happened. But even before 20, uh, 2001, uh, we knew that a lot of other issues had happened. Uh, and, I, and I think that part of the issue didn't just come from the people of Plateau. Uh, part of the issue came from people outside the state. Uh, you, are, you agree with me that before Plateau, there were crises in Kaduna. There were basically, most of the northeast and northwest had experienced the issue of the Metasini. Uh, we've seen crises in Kaduna and other parts. And uh, some of the people who had experienced those crises uh, had really not helped the people of Plateau. Uh, I believe sincerely that they are part of the people's part of the people who came to plant this seed of discord within the people of Plateau. As we all agree, uh, prior to then, prior to 1994, when the, the first major issue came up, uh, the, the appointment of, um, of of local government chairman in just not, uh, people of Plateau State were the same. There was no difference in religion. There was no difference about tribe. Uh, uh, and, and from then till today, you can see that every day people are trying to come in between us, to segregate us, to bring a lot of confusion in between us, which is alien to Plato. So um, in, in my thinking, number one is that most of the people who had had this experience in the past uh, from other places came and painted a very, very wrong picture and tried to convince the Plato people that, look, drawing up issues around religion, drawing up issues around ethnicity, 
drawing up issues around a superiority might even help your cause. And uh, gradually, you know, it started with hate speech um, on the street. You could hear people talking to themselves, uh, issues which shouldn't even be anything. You know, uh, you, you, you hear people abusing themselves on the streets uh, on the basis of religion and tribe, which is actually alien to Plato. Just before September uh, 2001, there was an issue, I think, with the appointment of um, a, a national... I think the appointment of the coordination for national um, is it poverty eradication program. I think just some months before, and uh, there, were, there were demonstrations, and and of course the people of Plateau uh, came up to see that you are appointing somebody who isn't an indigent, you know, and it has sparked, a, you know, a, a, a lot of distrust within that time prior to um, the uh, September the, the, the September seventh. Uh, and remembering the issue of the September seventh, it started as a very simple issue. A lady was passing while uh, Friday prayers was ongoing, was on her way to get to her house, you know, and uh, she was stopped along the way uh, by, by the mere fact that people are praying she's not supposed to cross. And, of course, she's feeling that this is her environment, this is where she grew, uh, this is a place that she knows very well, this is where she used to pass at, uh, every now and then. And it was that little spark, that little spark. As little as that conversation. As that, that came up and where, you know, before nightfall, a lot of other things had happened. It was reported that between uh, the 7th of September and the 12th of September, where most of the crashes uh, lasted, over a thousand people were killed. Thousands of houses were burnt. Criminals had the opportunity of looting houses, looting shops. Most of these electronic shops around Masalachin Juma, terminals and other places were looted. And innocent commuters who were passing by also became victims. And for five days, for five good days, uh, we had a very huge humanitarian crisis on the plateau. And of course, that was the first time it was happening. So we didn't have uh, any security formation within the state which could have helped in uh, calming down the situation. There was no movement where even the police themselves were being attacked. So moving around with even a security uniform at that point was, was a, a big risk. You understand? So the humanitarian crisis, a lot of people were running helter-skelter just to get what they can eat. I can only imagine what is happening in Afghanistan today, where somebody today is feeling he's very comfortable, and the next day, because of the issues that you have, you are not even sure of what is going to happen. That was exactly what was happening on the plateau. There are so many people whose livelihood was around their neighborhood, their houses, their businesses, and they don't have access to that. So it created a very, very huge humanitarian crisis. It created a very, very big distrust within people of Plateau State that up till today, we've not been able to heal it adequately. And to tell you the worst, looking at it from, like I said, it started as a part, okay, let me be specific, uh, specific in um, Naraguta B word of just not. Now, looking at the history lane, 20 years after now, it has affected a minimum of about 10 local governments in Plateau. Because what started just as an urban issue went back to affect just south, affected Basa, affected Rium, affected Barkin Ladi, we've seen it uh, pushing its head around, around Mangu local government, we've seen it in Shandam, you know, we've seen it in Wasi, we've seen it in, um, in even Lantang North, you know, and so many other. Uh, local government. We've seen it in Kwampan too. As little as that was. So the main issue is that there's a need for us at every given point in time to assess 
issues that are, are happening around us because without working with them, without finding a lasting solution at that point in time, nobody knows the ripple effects and the repercussion that this can come. Okay, uh, I, I will come to you, Honorable Guasin. Uh, let me come to you, Mr. Alex Ladan. Uh, you've, you've been opportune to work with a lot of young people. And um, if you look at the, the population that we have, especially on the plateau, the active population on the plateau, it falls within uh, the ages of maybe 15 down to 30, 35. Uh, those ones within 15 and 20, over 20, would definitely, probably they were alive, they were little kids those times. And those ones that are maybe about 35 or thereabout, they were like 10, 12, 15 those times. But yesterday on the show, I had someone uh, that spoke from the uh, Plateau Peace uh, Practitioners Network, and he talked about failure of leadership being one of the reasons why the state had not necessarily recovered 20 years down the line. Now, talk to us about that school of thought. What do you think? Uh, you, you think the fault is from the younger ones uh, that have refused to learn from history, or you think the fault is from the parents that have refused to train their kids, or you think it's from the government that had not provided a platform for all of these things to evolve around that. We talk to, you talk to us about that. I'll come back to Nebu Gwasan. You talk about the healing process and the expectations there. So let me start from you, Mr. Alex Ladan. Well, um, uh, like you rightly pointed out, a um, chunk of our population is, uh, is uh, you know, uh, the youth. Uh, and, and, you know, we're talking about 20 years down the line. Now, um, it, it just reminds me of the situation in Palestine, um, an average 60 to 70 year old in Palestine was born into violence. And so he grew up into violence. The only thing he knows is, is, is a chaotic situation. You know, and that naturally has a way of affecting the psyche of someone. So you have never known what peace is. For instance, in, in this nation, um, uh, if you have never traveled out of this country, somewhere in your head you think the world is just like Nigeria. You have never experienced a system that works. So naturally you just think everywhere is like Nigeria. So that will definitely affect who you are as a person. And then if we're talking about 20 years, this simply means a 20-year-old in Plateau State was born seeing soldiers on the street. I mean, gr growing up seeing soldiers on the street up till today. And that tells you something. It tells you that uh, the presence of the soldier or the policeman always carrying a rifle on the street tells you there is no peace. It tells you that there is something wrong somewhere. And then it affects you. So you find out that you get so familiar with the sound of the gun you know, you get so familiar with hearing that they are running helter-skelter here. You're hearing, you know, of the humanitarian crisis, like, uh, you know, Honorable Mafeng uh, said. And, and these things have a way of forming who you are as an individual. Now, put that aside. Talk about leadership. For me, yeah, uh, um, I believe absolutely that everything rises and falls on leadership. Something that was so striking for me in the Civil War you know, uh, in this nation. Uh, the, the, the miracle for me was not the ability to end the civil war, but the miracle for me that uh, uh, General Gorn, you know, led was the ability to get Nigeria back on track again, to get people to know that, look, we're brothers, we have to still move. That is one aspect that I think we have not seen 20 years down the line. And the simple truth is that it is not possible for you to be able to find that common ground until 
leadership or government is able to muster the courage to hold impunity because until someone is punished for his crimes someone somewhere thinks i can do it and get away with it and so naturally if you look at these issues you would think who has the responsibility who is saddled with that responsibility to punish or to met out justice you know uh, uh, and, and of course the answer is very simple it's the government is the government and this is not to say government has not done its part but the point is that there are basic issues that you and i know that government has the capacity and the ability to handle but for some reasons interests you know um, uh, uh, would be brought to the fore and 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 by the time you permit interests personal interests to interfere with the justice system then naturally you are ready for a very long haul and i think if you look at it yes everybody has a role to play this is not supposed to be you know uh, uh, um, one man's responsibility or the responsibility of of just the government but who provides the leadership it is the government who owns the paraphernalia of power it is the government who would wield this power it is the government and so we have to be able to know that we must own you know take responsibility and then ensure that whoever has whatever responsibilities is able to do it i mean uh, uh, discharge his or her responsibilities you know but of course um um uh, for me yes the family like we know it is the smallest unit of the society there are roles that parents you know play but there is there is how far you know to to which you can go concerning certain you know uh, uh, responsibilities especially as a parent but i think if we have a system in place a very sound judicial system a very sound leadership that ensures that if you go out of line there is a punishment spelled out for you and then you know you would government will stop at nothing but ensure so we hear of uh, situations of people that have been arrested you know uh, uh, you said we shouldn't you know uh, unravel the old wounds but 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 i i will never forget the the issue at dogonawa the massive slaughter at dogonawa and then we heard of arrests and we have not heard anything since then and so that would give everyone the effrontery to 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 go again and perpetrate such attacks because in the end it boils down to the justice uh, mr alex ladan i will come back to you we'll still talk more on the justice system man uh, because in the last 20 years on the plateau uh, the history that i've read and in my few times been on the plateau what i've seen it looks like the word justice uh, always play a pivotal role at every single time uh, within the time of the crisis uh, there, there's been several commission of inquiries set up on the plateau uh, there's been the commission of inquiries headed by justice nikki toby mm -hmm. there's been the commission of inquiries headed by justice bola yeah. and all of that conversation are centered around talking to the people that are affected and let me come to honorable guasin you've been within the corridors of power and then you've understood how these systems work now what do you think uh, should be the agenda of everyone saddled with the responsibility of putting the right people back at the right places now we talk about justice we talk about justice when it comes to 
uh, you know, uh, t- talking to the people affected, the kid on, the, on that was just about two, three years old that watched how the old family was wiped off, maybe a kid that has his two hands chopped off, and you live with that scar for the rest of your life. What do you think uh, should be the priority when it comes to the healing process? Now, justice will play a part, but let's talk about healing first, Honorable Manfred. Well, um, a lot of things need to be put in place. Um, uh, but even before I say that, let me speak a little about uh, many of these commission of inquiries. Um, we've spoken about uh, uh, Akimbola, uh, Nikki Toby, and many of these other commissions of inquiry. When seeking for justice, when seeking for to, when looking for solutions, uh, you, you, you must find a way of ensuring that um, we, we don't create harm in trying to solve problems. Um, within the civil society, we call it do no harm. You don't, do, you, you don't, you don't in, the, in the process of putting up an intervention, you don't do it in a way that uh, it's going to create harm. Uh, and looking at this, um, you, you, you must create commissions in a way that will give a semblance of, um, uh, of neutrality, where people will have this belief that uh, actually, uh, we can actually come up to this commission of inquiry, uh, see the truth, and then something must follow up. Secondly, uh, looking at the, 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 um, uh, the nature of commission of inquiry, uh, where people have understood that, uh, as someone will call them uh, in the past, they've been a toothless bulldog. So others will feel that at the end of the day, whatever it is, the report may end up you know, on the shelf of, of political office holders, on the shelf uh, of libraries without anything being done about it. Coming back to the issue of how to even constitute commissions of inquiries, you must look deeply. Let me, let me bring two or three theories what different governors have done on the plateau over this commission of inquiries. Others, when forming those commission of inquiries, felt that there's a need to bring somebody who is entirely neutral, who has no basis, who has no relationship, who has nothing to do with the people of Plateau. Well, that also is a good one. Because having such a person, if he knows his work well, and if the people have been carried along, he'll be able to get information that ordinarily people wouldn't, others wouldn't. Another theory is the fact that you need to bring insiders who can bring information where ordinarily you can't get them on the paper. Now, that also has its own problem because some people would definitely feel sidelined. Some people would definitely feel that they were not actually carried along or that government has a premeditated purpose in creating that commission of inquiry. So because of that, um, we may have all issues in between. And if you look at the reports of the commissions of inquiries, you discover that some of those issues had actually played or uh, it, it has actually showed its ugly head, you know, during uh, the, the, these commissions of inquiry. Uh, and uh, looking at what has happened in the past, we've also understood that we have both internal and external factors. I started by bringing the issue that uh, part of the problems is that we've had people outside Plateau who, uh, from what we've read, uh, are interested in ensuring that Plateau does not prosper. Those are part of the problem. So, going forward, we must come to, to, to terms with the fact that solutions to what we have lies here within us in the plateau. That first, we must come together as one, irrespective of religion or tribe. It's, it's easier seeing this, that we should come together irrespective of religion and tribe. But I tell you, going to the field is something that is difficult. In, in all honesty, Bringing the issue of 
you know, even us just within this studio, for us to come together with an idea and stand by it may be difficult. To talk more of bringing people who have had issues beyond 100 years, who had had crises unresolved, who had had problems that had not been resolved, who have different sentiments within themselves. So doing that is actually a very, very difficult thing. But that is one thing that we must do, and we must do it with all sincerity. Now, of course, everything rests on the shoulders of government. But the responsibility is to all of us. It's all of us because how many people do we even have in government? Let's look at the statistics. The whole number of civil service, uh, those in the civil service in the state today, will constitute less than 10%. Bringing all those who are serving and all um, the political office holders. So what will you do with the other majority? So it means that everybody has a responsibility, starting from the smallest unit, which is the family. Many of these sentiments are actually coming up from parents, based on the ideas they have, based on the belief system they have, based on the way they were raised. They were the ones who had actually input those thoughts in the minds of their children. Mm. So parents themselves will have to be first honest with themselves and with their children. Number two, it's the society itself. We've seen what is happening across the whole world, not just in Plateau, not just in Nigeria, in the whole world. The issues that we have around the same problems, issue of identity, issue of religion, issue of tribe and other things. So there's an effect, of course, now because of social media, as things are happening in almost every part of the it's world. It's going viral. It's going viral and everybody's seeing it. So this also has an effect on us. And again, we need to also learn from how other countries had solved this problem. I tell people all, all the time, any word, that you, any, any, anything that you have its word in the dictionary, it means that it has happened in other countries. When you speak about the issue of crisis, when you speak about the issue of banditry, when you speak about the issue of successionist, it has happened in different countries around the world. How have these people been able to honestly look at the issues and bring healings in between them. Looking at the history of other countries, you discover that they were honest to an extent that um, uh, see an example of Rwanda, for instance, where you could see the killer, you know, the perpetrator and the victim at the end of the day coming together to hug themselves, you know, not 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 a cosmetic approach, a not genuine, a, a genuine Ubuntu philosophy. Exactly. Coming together, you know, and, and, and it, has, it has changed the history of that country. But what we see in Nigeria most of the time is more or less a cosmetic approach. We're doing it just for the show or because the people have asked for it. And because, of course, uh, many of those issues, uh, you, you, you set up committees, maybe, and you end up bringing um, just those in the academia to come and head it or to come and bring their own thoughts, at the end of the day, others will just come and fold their hands and wait for what so-and-so person is saying. So I'm more interested in the process and putting the right system in bringing the people together to have a common front, to have a common idea, to have a common belief 
without doing that, all that we're doing is we'll keep rigmaroling in the same place. Okay. Uh, now, in case you're just joining us, uh, we've been having this healthy and, uh, you know, deep, thoughtful uh, conversation uh, with the, the, cha- the Transition Committee Chairman of Ariom uh, Local Government, Honorable Manfred Gwasin, and of course, uh, Mr. Alex Ladan, the convener of Alex Ladan Foundation. And we've been looking at, at the 2001 crisis in Jos uh, that absolutely chattered the fiber, the peaceful fiber of the state. And we're looking at the healing process and how much have we moved from here. So uh, we always know that this show is participatory. So we'll open the phone lines and I'm seeing loads of messages on Facebook. I hope I will be able to respond to most of them. Uh, but the phone lines would be open 090 This is it. I know a lot of you want to talk this morning, so we don't have one minute to talk. We just do it 30 seconds. Your name, leave the protocol straight to the point, and let's have this healthy conversation. Once again, welcome to Let's Talk on J101.9 FM. Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning. Uh, okay, uh, 09055666699. Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for joining us on the show. Your name and where are you calling from? My name is Mr. G. I'm calling. Hello, are you there? Yes, my name is Mr. G. I'm calling from Angu. Go ahead. Uh, I, I just want to first and foremost uh, share my thoughts with uh, the people of Plato State for this 20 years of checkered uh, violence that has affected us. Then, contributing to what the panelists have said, very wonderful uh, contributions. I think for me, the, the issue rests in us as a people. What I have witnessed over the past 20, 20 years is complete isolation of crime, where people are not sincere themselves to admit their, wrong, their wrongs. You can never have reconciliation if you do not, first and foremost, admit that you were wrong. If, if communities will learn, to be the watchdogs, to be the safeguards of their peace and their security and their tranquility within their domains, we need to go past this. But every now and then we are very, very high on blame games, always finding it easy to accuse the other side while trying to pretend that we are not wrong. Everybody has been wrong in this thing, and not until we rise up to accept our own faults in this sad part of our history, we'll never get it right. And I pray that the next 20 years are going to be totally different from the past 20 years. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for joining us all the way from Angudi 90 or 90 Facebook.com/jfmjoss. Uh, drop your comments. I'll pick as much calls and as I can pick. Hello, good morning. Okay, good morning. Uh, good morning. Your name and where are you calling us from? Uh, this, uh, Jude, go my brother told me the problem on plateau or just not is that some people claim the experience. You understand? And in a situation where you you claim to be fewer than other person, uh, that would be a very big problem. That's the problem I'm telling you that make this crisis refuse to go or leave you just not priority. That's the only thing that is there. That's the, the, the bottom line of this. Some claims. We are more than so-so. You know, you understand? How can so-so people be on our top after we are more than them? That's the only thing that is makes this crisis not to, to be here or to stop on flight. God bless you, my brother. 
Okay, thank you very much for joining us. And let me stop up on Facebook, facebook.com first like JFM just. Uh, your message from Tenguan Stephen, it says, we can look at the negative effect of such an unforgettable event on the plateau, like the Jasmine market that had been a shadow of itself uh, 20 years after. It's quite unfortunate. Sokia Stong on Facebook says, uh, the, to the peace-loving people of Plateau State, I want to say peace is all we need for a better Plateau. I also commiserate with the families that lost their loved ones and those that lost their properties. Please forgive ourselves and forge ahead for a better Plateau and Nigeria at large. Okay, from Pam Dowda Dachum on Facebook says, My deepest sympathy to all the people of Plateau State because an injury to one is an injury to all. Indeed, exactly 20 years today, but the corporate still move freely with sophisticated weapons, attacking more villages killing scores and yet the government has done nothing to stop it okay uh, david mark on facebook says at uh, the resolution of the commission of inquiries over the series of crises in the state has never been put to use and most of the commission of, of inquiries do not even have the interest of people affected by the crisis ajang agnes on facebook says uh, today marked 20 years of bad acts that happened in Joss that made Joss a war zone and we've not gotten solution to the problems except our leaders are stomping buyers and they also take justice as their priority and that is the only time we can learn to embrace peace and I think Joss will be better. You don't have to think you have to know that Joss will be better Principal Joseph Meilum on Facebook says peace is not the absence of war but the presence of justice the question is who is the winner and who is the loser from 2001 to date when are we going to learn our lessons on the plateau there's no justification for killing your fellow human being in the name of religion or ethnicity please let us have a rethink and embrace lasting peace on the plateau for development to thrive back to the phone lines hello good morning morning okay. your name and where are you calling us from i'm calling you from terminus thank you very much Emeka. thank you for joining us the word of uh, Desmond Tutu, he said, religion is like a, is like a knife. You either use it to stick it on somebody's back, or you use it to cut his bread. So to some, what that, that statement means is, the definition of religion is by those who practice those religion. If you're a Christian, you're a Muslim, you use peace. And your behavior shows that you're a peaceful person. You know, it shows that you are using your religion as a knife to cut his bread. But if you decide to stick it on somebody's back, it shows they are using your religion to be violent. It's the, the, the Quran talks about peace. Christianity say love your neighbor as, as you love yourself. But it's unfortunate what we do with religion in this part of the world is so sad. The world is talking about global civilization, the level of technology, you know, development and innovation. And here we are killing ourselves. It's unfortunate and it's sad. It's an irony. You go to Baltic City that is closer to Russia. You see the way they live in peace. Then you come back here and you see the way we are divided. And I'll end with this. What tries impunity in any society is injustice. All the people that have perpetrated crime in this state in one way or the other through crisis have they been dealt with. Do we even know their names? We shouldn't have their names in history books. We recognize this world as the people that have brought us where we are. But it's unfortunate in this part of the world, people do not pay for the crimes they have committed. That is my take.
Thank you. Uh, thank you very much, Emeka, for lending your thoughts uh, to the discourse this morning. I will soon allow my guest to respond, but let me pick uh, a couple of messages on Facebook. Uh, this type of statement has lost its value based on past events. In all honesty, God has never created terrorists that cannot be brought to justice, and divine judgment has no appeal. Mary Glenn Jarrett Kickstart says... I would never forget that ugly incident that rendered us homeless. Is there a word called justice in our society today? Upon what Sunday Kazi on Facebook says, uh, okay, uh, for over 20 years of crisis, it's something that has put in a lot of history for future generations who is coming up for them to know and learn the effects and the causes of this crisis. It's not something that human beings can accept again. Not to talk about justice. It is when freedom has come and every progress has been done in the side of solving the crisis by the two parties, either Muslims or Christians, not to take an action or interfere in any violence act. And that is absolutely justice. Aminu Ayuba on Facebook says, no doubt, just just crisis consumed a lot of people's lives. Let me go back to the phone lines. Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning. Thank you for joining us on Let's Talk. Your name and where are you joining us from? My name is Mr. White. I'm calling from Amodeluwe. Okay, Mr. White. Thank you for joining us on the show. Straight to the point. Um, that's um, 20 years back. It's a very terrible. It's a very terrible incident. Because... Then we stayed in Ganaju. I'm coming back from Barracks. I seen people running down to Barracks. But to date, can't even understand. People cannot even run to Barracks again because Barracks is no more safe again. But this is happening in Basa. And Barracks cannot do anything. So let me go straight to the point. The problem is that just, I'm not sure that I just can be this energy. Because those days we live together between Muslims and Christians. Your next door neighbor will be a Muslim, the next will be a Christian. But now that everybody has shared different parts, Christian stays in some parts, Muslim stays in some parts. And then when they go back to their side, when they go back to their side, they will, they will be on their own. When Christians go back to their own side, they will be on their own. So how will peace? come back. I said before peace come back, so we start living together again. That is my take this morning. Okay, uh, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, I will pause the calls for now. Uh, let me allow my guests respond. Uh, Mr. Alex Ladan, uh, what you've heard so far, uh, it looks like a lot of people still living in the memories of those times, 20 years down the line. Hey, in some sane societies, a 20-year-old man is married already uh, because you are way above uh, you know, your legal age. Uh, but uh, what do you think uh, is causing all of this? Uh, people still look back. There are a lot of messages on Facebook where people are still trying to remember those days and you could feel it in the tone of the voices that justice seems not to have been served to talk to us about this yeah so it boils down to justice you know i listened to all the calls uh peeped through the messages and you know what the people are saying is just one justice justice now it is important for any leader to understand that you have an ethical obligation towards the people especially as it relates to justice there is no how you would expect a society to thrive imagine i mean just just take away crisis just just imagine that we don't even have crisis it is still not enough for a society to thrive but in an event where your house is burnt your brother or your father or your mother or your sibling is killed 
you barely survived, and you heard that people have been apprehended, and then nothing has happened. Now you expect, how do you expect someone to feel? You know, so these are the issues that we're truly, truly battling with. And the reason why the memory is still very fresh is, is, this, is where we are now. Because we're not out of the woods yet. Very recently, we had attacks. You know, people were gruesomely killed. And, and this just simply tells you that until we have a system that will ensure justice, and, 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 and um, uh, you know, you talked about healing. Healing process, healing process can only be complete if we have a very robust justice system. Because people want to see that something is happening. They want to see a very, very proactive, you know, uh, response from the government to tell us, to give us hope that if anything of this nature happens again, we are pretty sure that justice will be served. And I, and I believe that until we are sure that we have a very sound justice system, uh, our suspicion will, will all, always just, you know, uh, be on the rise. You know, so, so my take is um, uh, we have to truly, truly ensure that we have a sound justice system. Okay, uh, let me come to you, Honorable Mafen. Uh, you're a young person in government, and there are a lot of likes of you within the corridors of power on the plateau. Uh, you know, the likes of Odessa David, the DJ of Picta. I mean, there are a lot of young people doing amazing stuff. But it, it looks like just a few of you had grown out of, uh, you know, that mediocrity in courts, where, you know, a lot of young people on the plateau have been divided along different sentimental lines. You see two people that grew up together and because this one belongs to a political party, this one belongs to another political party, they become enemies. Start from Facebook or social media down to real life. And it looks like the fiber of Plateau person, a typical Plateau young person, have been thrown and divided along political line. How much danger do you think this portends for the days ahead, especially when you look at the leadership structure of the state? Most sincerely, um, this is one of the things that gives us sleepless nights um, looking at the way we relate to ourselves uh, that we've allowed the enemy uh, in whatever guise to come in between us and has not allowed us to see ourselves first as brothers to see ourselves first as people whom nature whom God have brought in uh, to see ourselves as people who uh, we have a lot to contribute to each other we have uh, a lot to contribute and make the states and humanity better. Uh, uh, we've seen issues only from one side. Of course, like we've agreed that everything rests on the shoulder of government. Uh, uh, but beyond that, uh, we're all part of government, whether you're in office or not. Um, those who are in political office, we are responsible for where they are. Um, it is the people who actually elect leaders, uh, you know, uh, and that is why we must learn to see things beyond politics. Uh, and, and beyond that, uh, I've seen not just in Plateau or Nigeria, the world over, inventions come up not just by government but by people. We need to have a situation, a situation where we create the bigger picture for everybody to see. I don't know who has to do it. I believe it mustn't just be from government. But we must be able to find a space where we create a bigger picture for ourselves as people in Plateau. For instance, as of today, what is our economic plan for the state? What is, our, what, what is the, the basic structure we have on the issue of economic recovery? What is the major structure that we have beyond governance and politics that will say this is the identity of the Plateau man? 
these are issues that we really, really need to come back, sit, look at it, that is going to help us. You know, when you don't create the picture, the bigger picture for the people, they begin to make their own assertions, they begin to, 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 to create what they want. And that is where the problem is. Uh, giving you an example in the Bible, of course, when Moses was not there uh, with the children of Israel, and um, uh, they, they, they felt that the whole of the structure of God lies within Moses. And when Moses wasn't there, they felt God wasn't there, they went and created an idol for themselves. That is the way the human mind operates. Once you leave it without anything, it must find a situation of creating something for itself. The way it's going, we don't have a bigger picture of, of brotherliness. We don't have a bigger picture of how we intend to strengthen the economy. See what the Igbos are doing. We respect what the Igbos are doing when you talk of the issue of businesses, where you actually sit mentor people, irrespective of the village is coming from, whether he is an Usu, you know, when you look at the caste system within the Igbo, whether whoever he is, he is, they raise people, they mentor them, and they ensure that they succeed in those businesses. We don't have such a structure on the plateau. Looking at it even from the political perspective, that a lot of leaders only think of coming to occupy political office and leave without actually sitting back to mentor people who come up behind them, going back to the academia, going back to uh, sports and other places. We need to actually have people who will sit down, create that structure for the people of Plateau, create that bigger picture for the people of Plateau, so that once everybody is likened to that bigger picture, it will help in the healing process because the healing process must start with us. We cannot just look at the external factors that have not allowed us to work together. Let's also sit back and look at the internal factors. We've all agreed that part of the issues, part of the crisis that we have, even when you go back to look at this Commission of Inquiries report, you will see that at many given point in time, it is actually plateau people against themselves. If you see some of the submissions, some of the reports, some of the insinuations and other things that people are saying against themselves, you will not believe it. Reducing the issue to issue of personality, oh, it's because of this person, we've had it, uh, it's because of Dari is this, uh, others will say, no, it's because Jang was this, others are saying today, it's because Governor Simon Bakul along is this. But it's beyond the personality of the governor that we as a people must see how we create or recreate the perception, particularly of the young people, and, you know, you can't do that of the young people without actually building it, across, uh, you know, across the people that they believe in, which could be either their parents, who could be the clergyman, who could be a mentor somewhere. Without doing that, I don't see light at the end of the tunnel for the people of Plato. Okay, uh, Mr. Alex Ladan, uh, let, me, let me link you to what Honorable Manfeng just said. He talked about, you know, not having the bigger picture. In this case, maybe a leadership structure, like a mentorship structure uh, that puts the people on the right path. One of the things that has helped me in life uh, is the fact that I've had a lot of people I've looked up to. I mean, maybe I should quickly tell you the story of Honorable Manfeng. When he got married, I was part of his groomsmen, and then I was just a core member on the plateau how we met i don't even know and all the time i've, I've always you know looked at their circle and when i mean their circle i mean the likes of uh, you know uh, mr joseph Lengman, the dg of uh, the peace building agents and a few of them i look at them and they're just a minority in the pool of amazing talent that we have on the plateau talk to us about the failure of mentorship and leadership on the plateau as we wrap up this conversation this morning well, um, um, as it relates to the issue, as we're discussing it, um, I, I want to thank him, uh, Honorable Mafeng, for being very bold. Because uh, I think what he just said now 
um, uh, is 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 addressing a very core issue uh, that puts government in the center. Um, this is how I see it. You talk about leadership and mentorship, especially to curb the restiveness of the young people. Um, for me, I am of the view that um, what government should be able to steer us or help us to understand is to simply tell us that this is where we're going. Um, there has to be a very deliberate plan on ground that carries everybody along to say, okay, in the next 50 years, this is where we're going as a people. Now, the government that initiates that is not going to be there 50 years, you know, uh, or, or to come. But that, what that simply means is that that plan, I have said this several times, but that plan has to be well documented. It has to be legislated upon such that the people understand clearly that this is where we are going to. You know, that sounds to me like we all have a common destination and we understand where we're headed. But I can tell you if you ask, where are we going? That's the big question. Nobody can tell you where we're going. Nobody. So it appears as if we're just being very reactionary. As it happens, we try to just mend fences here and there. But the point is a strategic plan that will capture the economy, that will capture almost every aspect. Uh, that is very, very important. And I think, again, one of the basic issues that we have to come to terms with is the fact that we must be able to draw a line between politics and government. Okay. Uh, that, that's that's the conversation I wish we started earlier. Uh, Honorable Manfred Guasin, your final word. I will really press for time. It's just about 30 seconds or thereabouts. Uh, let us wrap up this conversation. All right, let me plead for one minute. Um, I've deliberately uh, not said this in the beginning um, because I, I want us to look at the bigger picture. Uh, you've asked um, how that has affected me as an individual one. Um, of course, after that, I've spent most of my life working within the civil society space. Um, working in different NGOs and particularly I've worked mostly on the issue of governance uh, and then in particular issue of conflict. Uh, I've had the opportunity of working in different states over resolving issues of conflict and others and I've learned a lot about that. Whether we like it or not, whether you agree or not, we must also give kudos to the current government on Plateau. If you look at the history of what has happened in the past 20 years, yes, it a lot of people are being killed daily. Just yesterday, I was in my local government where we had cows in people's farm who, who went to destroy people's farm. It happened even yesterday. Most likely today, we may hear reports of issues happening. But in most sincerity, we must give kudos with the fact that from 2015 till now, the issues are actually reduced on the plateau. There's no doubt about that. The issues of the killing, the issue of the destructions had actually reduced. But what we're seeing and what we're praying and what we're hoping is that we as a people must come together and see beyond this. Look at what I've done so well. And you've, you've just said it, the DG Peace Building Agency has brought a lot of innovation in its attempts to ensure that peace is returned on the plateau. Things may not work automatically, but we believe that the foundation that Simon Bakola along today has placed, the foundation that DG Peace Building and other 
actors have done on the plateau will forever be remembered. Okay, uh, thank you very much. Uh, um, honorable, I almost said right, Honorable. Maybe I'm seen for that. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Honorable Mafe Gwansi, for joining us on the show today as the Transition Committee Chairman of Ariam Local Government and also uh, to Mr. Alex Ladan and the one-time gubernatorial aspirant on the platform of the ANN and uh, the convener of the Alex Ladan Foundation. It's been a very interesting conversation uh, on the show today, of course. My good friends uh, and the studio, uh, they refused to give me their, my salary means, and I'm still holding on to them. Nora just, I would continue to mention their name in the game. Uh, of course, hey, it's been a very interesting conversation today. You can actually go to our website, www.gfm.ng slash podcast. Within the next few minutes, the full recording of this program will definitely be on uh, the website. My name is Okpoemi. Okpoemi Akede, and my message to you on the platform is this. You can only build the state of your dreams, and the only way you can dream is to stay alive. Stay alive and stay out of trouble. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to JFM Podcasts. 